Mainstream media is dominated by the right and the left. The majority in the middle are left without a voice. You've reached the Conservative Hippie Podcast, a common sense look at life, the universe, and everything. Here's your host, Jay Frat, the Conservative Hippie. Okay, I've got a very special Conservative Hippie Podcast today. I'm terribly excited about my guest because uh, just in all of my travels after I created the conservative hippie platform, I come across people that say, oh, you're not a hippie or you're not conservative. You can't be a hippie and be conservative. You can't be a conservative and be an environmentalist. And I have all these people that, that say that you can't be the thing that I am. And every once in a while, I come across somebody where it, the conservative hippie platform just nails it 100 percent uh today on the show i have amber bradshaw she is the creator of my homestead life she's an author uh, author of a book beekeeping for beginners she's an avid blogger an avid environmentalist and an avid seeker of freedom uh, you can find amber's work at myhomesteadlife.com you can find amber on twitter at my mountain home and you can find amber on instagram at my homestead life all these contacts will be in the show notes uh, but again i'm terribly excited because we've got we're going to have a conversation about personal freedom and sovereignty we're going to have a conversation about environmentalism and we're going to have a conversation about my favorite topic entrepreneurship um, so let's let's stop with me rambling let's bring amber in hello amber how are you i'm doing good how are you i'm i am pretty fantastic it's a fine saturday in washington state you are in the mountains of tennessee is that correct yes sir i'm right by the smoky mountain national forest and what's uh what's the weather like today in uh in the smoky mountains Actually, it's very nice. It's in the high 30s, low 40s, and um, we we fluctuate this time of year, but it does get down like we're expected 19 degrees and more snow, so it kind of goes all over the map. Amber, your story fascinates me so much, and I and I don't know what to get to first because uh, the entrepreneurialism of what you're doing uh, fascinates me, um, but the the reasons and logic of why you're doing what you're doing. I want to get to the heart of that because in this day and age, I don't care if you're on the right or if you're on the left, we live in a crazy world. We're all shut down due to COVID. You would be remiss if you haven't thought about what you would do if you had to live on your own, if the system broke down. You were proactive in this way. You've gone out and you've sought a life of freedom and sovereignty. Um, and I just, I want, I need to get to the heart of the why. Well, um, we come from, and it's so funny, your introduction. I, you know, we've never spoke before and I didn't know what to expect. And it hit home so well because um, people tell me I can't be what I am. And I'm like, well, I'm doing it. So <laughs> we're all in this age where we have to accept everybody's different ways and lifestyles, even if they go against our own values, but yet no one wants to accept us. 
and I think it's it's um, a little comical, a little sad at the same time. But um, we come from the beach. My husband's born and raised a surfer dude, and I lived in South Carolina by just south of Myrtle Beach in a town called Polly's Island for 25 years where we raised our three children, and we lived like four minutes from the ocean. If The bird's eye view from our house was the Atlantic Ocean. Wow. And we owned our home, and we had an awesome contracting business. And um, it started probably shortly after my 19-year-old was born about one us realizing how codependent we were on the system. And we had gone through so many hurricanes. And that last hurricane that we had gone through, and I honestly can't remember which one it was. I want to say it was Matthew. It might have been the thousand-year flood that we had. It was like we had three back-to-back. And I went to one of the only stores that opened in town just to get some staples that I had run out of. Because you can have a freezer full of food, but if you lose power, you better hurry up and have a barbecue because all of that food is going bad. Yeah. And I looked around and people were literally panicking because they couldn't make a cup of coffee without their Keurig. And they were getting nasty about it. You know, they just couldn't believe that they didn't have the service that they expected by going to the store because they were so codependent. And um, I was very, we've we've always been very eco-conscious, and we realized how close we lived to the ocean. And we saw firsthand, you know, pollution and litter, and we took that so much further. Like, we quit using plastic products, of course, recycled and even, you know, refuse to, re, you know, refuse to use, refuse to use plastic, reuse as much as we can, repurpose. We've always been frugal, but we kept going further and further. We're like, okay, where does the stuff go that we pour down the drain, you know? And um, it goes into our intercoastal waterway, which affects our seafood, which is our livelihood, you know? And so, and our livelihood indirectly. My husband, again, was raised on the beach and he was a tugboat captain and I had friends were all shrimpers. So all, okay. everything that we did, it came full circle, you okay. know. And um, matter of fact, I was a part of the East Coast Conservation League, and they had a luncheon to honor me and gave me a plaque for our, my work with trying to teach people about eco-friendly living. And during the luncheon, I started, they would start like, you know, the whole political right and left junk. And I just stopped them right then and there. I said, hey, we could all stay on the same page with trying to help the environment, but I'm a conservative. And it was like the entire restaurant quit talking that yeah. moment. Yeah. They're like, but how could you? You're, you're you know, eco-friendly. And I said, you can be both. It doesn't have to define you. How I feel about my political standing or what I feel is right, you know, it's, I can still care about the earth and the planet and my responsibility to take care of the land. And, and um, most, and most and do. Re- it's a common sense, it's a common yeah. sense thing to care about your environment and to care about um, the health of our planet, our, our little flying spaceship in the solar system. <laughs> well, that's a sad thing is everybody has, action and they have no sense of consequence they don't understand they just don't think about it it doesn't dawn on them you know they're they're just not raised anymore either by their community or by their family to have that consequence mindset of every action that they do 
And so we really tried diligently to live as independently in, and now we lived in an HOA. Um, I, you know, we owned our home. We had our own business. We, I had a farmer's market, organic farmer's market that I ran door to door. We grew as much of our own food and raised as much of our own livestock as we could on our postage stamp beachfront property. I mean, we're not beachfront, but we're, you know, I said one mile away. It was only, uh, let's see, 85 by 147 was our lot. Well, the county changed the laws, and they did stories about us, and because our um, produce business was a nonprofit, and we used it to give good quality food, meaning organic fruits and vegetables to those in need. And so we had a lot of write-ups. Well, anyways, the county came through and uh, building and zoning and honestly made almost everything that we were doing at our homestead illegal. Wow. And they said we weren't, grab- we weren't grandfathered in because they never gave us permission to have bees, have chickens, have goats, even though it was never in the laws that it was illegal. And I was actually president of my HOA, so it didn't conflict with that. And But it was an issue in a neighboring area in Polly's Island. And they said, you know what, we're just going to make it against the law. And they rushed it through the zoning commission. They rushed it through, and they never even put it in the new zoning laws like it was amendment. They put it in like it had always been there. Yeah. And it was crazy. It was so crazy. It was insane. I was on NBC News. I had a constitutional attorney, farm um, to consumer legal defense team backed us. I mean, it, and it was just insane. It completely robbed our quality of life. And my husband, um, cause you're kind of asking what the nuts and bolts. So, you know, all this is kind of building up. And then finally one day I had been, we only had one electric company and our electric was outrageous. And we came home, I came home one day with my produce because we went to the different farms and I had a walk-in cooler. My daughter, who I was homeschooling, said, Mom, the power's out. I said, what do you mean the power's out? I had lived there over 25 years. I've never been late in a bill day in my life, you know. And she says, yeah. I said, oh, my gosh, you know, someone hit a transformer. I've got all this produce i got to put in the cooler. And here, you know, I don't have any electricity. And it turned out the power company had switched us to automatic billing and I did the paper billing and didn't tell me. And so there was a bill that had come, but anyways, long story short, it was one day late, one day. Yeah. And I called the company and I was livid because we had the cash at the house and they're like, I'm sorry. Well, that moment, that very moment came, I just, that control someone had over my quality of life right then and there, my daughter couldn't do her schoolwork. I couldn't run my business. Our life completely stopped. It's something so simple, but so profound. And I said, I don't like anybody having that much control over my quality of life again. Yeah. And so we started researching solar and unfortunately where we lived, the county did not allow you to have an off-grid home, and they did not like grid-connected. They 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 tried to make us jump through so many hoops that we just said, forget it. And then when the county made us get rid of all of our livestock, and I couldn't do, I couldn't, essentially we couldn't feed our family anymore the way we were. Um, and, of course, I mean, we didn't have 
some, you know, trashy house or neighborhood. We, you couldn't even tell we had livestock unless I gave you the tour. People toured our gardens all the time because we had organic learning garden. And so it was just, it was, you know, it, it was just God telling us it was time to go. Yeah. And we thought we would die there. You know, we, we honestly thought that was our dream home. That was it. The writing was on the wall, uh, if you will, the universal wall that for all these things that you've, come, that you've come to care about, that you uh, have enjoyed to live on your own and away from uh, community reliance and to be an asset to the community, uh, the, the writing was on the universal wall that it couldn't be there any longer. So was it exactly was it more of a desire to live independent and free or was it or was it a, you know there's all these questions about is it a health concern because you want to grow your own vegetables is it is it a sustainability concern in the fact that you want to live on the planet and not take more than um, you don't want to leave behind more than you took um, is it is it a freedom concern or is it just all of those wrapped into one you don't want county commissioners telling you how, what you can do with your land it has to be, in my opinion, and I'm glad you mentioned that because you see one be, uh, without the other. You you do in my world, anyways, because I in my niche where I though I write about homesteading and off grid living, I see one or not the other. I see people that are so adamant about homesteading, raising their own food, but they're feeding all their kids on styrofoam plates, and you know using Dawn and using Tide and. Using all the stuff, and I'm like, whoa, 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 wait, you know, and I, I'm not out to educate the world. I just want to share with those that want to listen. But there's that full circle, you know, it's how I, I just want our family to get back how we were intended to live. And our first commandment was to be caretakers of the land. And we've come so far from that. It's, well, you see what we have, you know, we have air quality that's horrible, we got waters are polluted, we got wildlife that is you know, default. I mean, there's not even any hardly wildlife around anymore because of it. And you saw, you know, during the shutdown, how water started clearing up again for the first time, people could see the horizon and mountains they hadn't seen in decades. And what does that tell people, you know, and we finally, we were looking at our kids. We have three children and our oldest at the time was 24. And then we had our daughter who was 17 or she was 16 going on 17, our youngest, who was six. And we're looking at them, and they're plugged in all the stinking time. They're so codependent on, you know, that instant quick gratification. A lot of, now our kids knew where the food source come from, but we didn't raise meat. We couldn't. We lived on such an itty-bitty lot, we couldn't raise our own meat. And most kids don't even know, you know, they look at chicken nugget and they don't even realize it comes from an animal. Yeah. So we looked at our kids and we're like, Timmy, this can't be my husband. All there is to life. It can't be wake up, go to work, come home, fix dinner, get in front of a TV or computer, repeat. Yeah. There's just got to be more to it. So, and then again with the county. And so we said, you know what? I had we had researched and researched about as much as you can. Unfortunately, the internet has Pinterest perfect is what I call it. They have the Pinterest perfect life. You know, you want to look up homesteading and you see this beautiful lady sitting on a bale of hay, 
propped up with her little, you know, her Carhartt pants and sipping a coffee with a horse right next to her. Wait, you know? wait, wait. That's, that's your blog. Not... Uh, your beautiful family and everybody's so happy and smiling in all the pictures. <laughs> Come on. That's your blog. This is what I talk about. I talk about the chicken poop and the pig guts. I mean, there's just, you know, there, there's only so much you can get because people do glamorize it. And you can't be all doom and gloomy either because no one would read your stuff. But um, so there was only so much that we could prepare for completely being city folk and move into the middle of nowhere where you know no one. And when we left, my husband's like, let's move to the mountains. I'm like, okay, where? You know, and, and we really did kind of close our eyes, put our finger on a map, open eyes and said, oh, okay. And she said, that looks good. <laughs> And um, that's how that's kind of how we got here, and it was just it's been crazy ever since. How many acres do you live on? So when we moved, we had one tenth of an acre in Polly's Island, and we have almost forty-seven acres right now. Oh wow, forty-seven acres! And and how much of that yes, do you utilize? <laughs> Probably just two acres right now. I hadn't even walked the whole property. I seriously haven't. Um, we've been, so we hit the ground running, you know, we, as soon as we got here, um, we were here, the property that we had, we thought it would just be raw land. And there was this dilapidated little cabin on it. It was 500 square foot. It didn't have any water at the time. It didn't have any electricity, but it was a structure. And we honestly thought we'd be staying in a tent until we built our house. And, um, so it was five of us and two little dogs in there. For a couple of months, and then we started building our home um, up here on the top of the mountain, which is 300 feet different in elevation between the little cabin and where we are now. Oh, and wow. my husband and my son built this whole house. Well, we, my daughters and I chipped in as much as we could. Um, hey, Amber, the whole house Amber off of I'm going to interrupt you for timber. just one second. Sorry? We've Sorry. got we've got a terrible connection for some reason. I'm going to pause. Uh, I'm going to pause the recording, and we're going to reconnect. Sure. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the support of Smoke and Jays. Please take the time to visit smokeandjays.com. They have over 2,000 products, from puzzles and posters to pipes and purses. Everything for your smoking lifestyle. Use coupon code HIPPIE at checkout for 15% off your order. Right now, I'm wearing a beautiful sundress I got from Smokin' Jays. Just visit the link in the show notes. Don't forget, coupon code HIPPIE. That's H-I-P-P-I-E for 15% off. And to support this podcast. Okay, th- thank you. Uh, sorry, listeners. Uh, I I heard that uh, that digital interference, and I didn't want you to have to listen to that for the remainder of the show. We've reconnected with Amber, and I've got that. So, Amber, you've you've literally made the decision um, through all of these reasons. You're you're you had environmental, uh, organic. You wanted to be self sustaining. You couldn't do it in your uh, city living, as you put it. So, you guys took the chance. 
You guys made the decision, and now you're on 47 acres near the Smoky Mountains or in the Smoky Mountains. Um, what kind of bombshell was it after you were there for one week and you realized you couldn't you couldn't run back to the to the comforts of modern society that you were there to stay um and it, on top of that you have children that are more of an adult age um i would imagine your daughter uh she she might have been kicking and screaming when you made these decisions uh you would think is that we actually moved during her senior year of high school wow it's like what parent does that to their child yeah but my daughter honestly with the older two kids my son because he was in his young 20s or is and my daughter um those two we actually gave them an option because you know they're born and raised there they're, that's where their family is i mean we don't have a large family but we both gave them the option hey you guys can stay here Stay with grandma or, or, you know, Gavin, his biological father's there, said stay with your dad, or you guys can come with us. It's going to be hard. It's going to be crazy, but this is what we're going to do. And it's, and they all, I mean, we talked about it for so long, like a whole year of planning. Almost every day it was topic of conversation. You know, if this happens, because we didn't know if it happened or not. I mean, people put their house up and they sometimes stay on the market for years. You know, we didn't know what fate had in store for us. Sure. I mean, we put our house on the market and it sold full price cash offer in 24 hours. Wow. And they wanted us out in two weeks. It was insane. I mean, you know, when you're on the right path and that's what you're supposed to do when things like that just fall into place. Yeah, life, you the, un- life the universe, and, and um, everything was kicking you in the ass and telling you you're going down the road. <laughs> They're like, you're leaving. And we honestly didn't pick this land. Like I said, it picked us. And um, when we found it, you know, we, it was a very much a huge wake up call. Cause when we got on the land and got in the little structure, I'm like, okay, how do we bathe? I mean, we were just kind of figuring it all out as we went along. Seriously, there was no how to book. I mean, I didn't even have Wi Fi to Google anything anymore. You know, it was just, just crazy. And, um, but no, our kids, there's several times, I'm not going to lie. We wanted to raise the white flag because this is a hard way to live. It's just, it's rewarding. It's intentional. It's with purpose. You feel at the end of the day that you've accomplished a goal, even if it's just keeping the house warm all day long. And there's just such a sense of satisfaction that you're exhausted, that you don't need sleeping pills out here. You're so tired from manual labor all day. You're just ready to fall down and go to sleep. But, um, and I would say I didn't think that the older two kids would have stuck with it as long as they did. I kind of thought that they would miss all of the comforts of high-speed internet, their friends, Starbucks, you know, all of that stuff. And they've really kind of thrived coming and now even my daughter who's will be 20 in march she's 19 right now she's even going mom i want to build my own off-grid house they see the freedom that this allows that you're not prisoner to debt and prisoner to that control that the water company and the power company and all that held over you they're getting a taste of that and that's just something i never thought we'd be able to offer them that's amazing. And and again, 
so many people right now, as our freedoms have been restricted, have to be thinking about if they could live that life. And what, one of the things I love that you just said there was there was no instruction manual. There were no um, there were no guideposts um, to 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 help you along your adventure. But that's what you've created. You've now created this entire. Uh, you know, we call it a blog, but your your blog is a encyclopedia, uh, a thick encyclopedia, a website of information. Um, so many different articles. You are clearly a driven person. And before I want to get to the the whole living off the grid, and yet you live this amazing digital life, um, you've been featured on uh, a few television programs and things like that. What, where did that come about, Amber? Because clearly, you know, somewhere along the way be- between this decision in South Carolina and landing on your 47-acre plot in the Smoky Mountains, where did, how did the television crews and the television show and you being featured uh, on ho- My Homestead Life, how did that come about? <laughs> That's another one of those, you know, those, universe god things and um before we moved a fellow blogger i had a blog back then just a itty bitty one called the coastal homestead and it was about our little coastal life and what we were doing there and um a friend of mine owned this website called the farmer's lamp and she had grown up a farmer her whole life you know that's the thing i said for people that have been doing this and raised this way it's their life. It's their second nature. Like if you were Amish, yeah, you know, that's the way you're raised and you don't know any other way. But when you take someone that was city raised and, you know, their most of their meals just come out of a box or through a drive through, this is completely foreign to them. And that's where we are. You know, that's where we've been. We've been foreign to all these concepts. And anyhow, she's like, Amber, you know, we lost the farm. Um, we're going on the road. My husband's going to be a truck driver. I don't want my blog anymore and I want you to have it. So I'm like, yeah, this is, I've loved your website. So long story short with the blog, I got an email address and everything and I hadn't really done anything with it yet because I just wasn't ready. We were you know, trying to get our house ready to move and we were here about two months and I get an email. We just gotten our building permit for our home and I got an email and that new email address that I'd taken over about a year before saying, Hey, do you know anybody building off grid? I'm with the discovery channel and we're looking for a family. I said, well, yeah, we are. They're like, Oh, when you, when, you know, great. And there's, there's so many guidelines you have to meet, you know, you got to have your own land and, um, they don't want you to build it on someone else's property, of sure. course, and all this other <laughs> stuff. And I said, oh, well, you know, we just got our building permit Monday. We're going to start construction Thursday. They're like, wait, wait. So they're like, we need to do a Skype. I said, okay. And this is, so we did a Skype and we were against a bunch of other families, the way those types of shows, and the show is called Building Off the Grid. And it's basically like a DIY documentary type. It's not one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Call, I it, mean, it, it's it, not it, like a reality you're, you're show. Not, you're yeah. not, you're, you're, and, your family um, isn't featured, and, and they don't make dramatics out of uh, your daughters, and yeah. it's, it's, more of a, it's more of a how-to. 
Yes, exactly. It's not a reality show. They we were not actors. They didn't tell us what to say. It was basically they wanted to come out and film our journey of building an off-grid home. And that's kind of what they do with all of their builds. And the kicker was this. We're like, oh, yeah, that would be cool. You know, I said we could get it documented and say, share it with all our friends and family back in South Carolina. And because I knew, you know, my husband's mom and dad are older and they were both ill and they'd never make it here. And I didn't think that some of my family would ever make it here to visit. So I thought just a great opportunity. And our the whole decision was crazy anyways. I mean, who lives their beach house that's paid for their job that they had of over 20 years, all their friends and family to go move off grid in the middle of nowhere. But again, you know I, mean? I, I, <laughs> I didn't know this story and it's, and it's kind of amazing because I was thinking you somehow solicited, I, 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 I thought there must have been something powerful Amber Bradshaw did behind the scenes to, <laughs> to, you know, How do you get on TV to <laughs> supplement, to supplement this well, move. But it's really, it's really life, the universe and everything. If you follow the flow, it will provide. I mean, I know that's a little hokey yeah. to say, but I mean, this amazing thing happened. So, so go ahead. So tell me, tell us a little bit more. So this DIY uh, building off the grid, um, did, did, What's the benefit of that? Did they come and 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 pay for the structure? Did they do the construction? What? Well, how did that process go? <laughs> no, well, there. So they do have. Well, one of the kickers when they started talking to us, they're like, "Well, what does all this involve?" And they said, "Well, film crews are just going to you know follow you around. We're going to leave some GoPros and some time lapse cameras." But the kicker is this: you have to build your house in two months. And I'm like, "What? Huh? What?" You know, even with a construction crew of 20 people, you can't build a house in two months. And this was just my husband, my son, and us, the girls. Yeah. And I said, well, we talked about it. And we're all like, this is impossible. This is, there's, there, there's no way. And I said, well, let's just do this. We'll just throw it to fate. You know, we are up against a bunch of family, families, I'm sure, highly qualified with deep pockets. I mean, because we were on a budget, you know, and we were building our house with um, milled lumber from our land, and we used recycled materials. And thankfully, because we didn't have cable, nor did I have cable back in Polly's Island, had I ever seen the show. So I didn't know what it was about. Mm -hmm. And they tried to send me a snippet of it, and I could never download it because we didn't have Wi-Fi strength. I didn't have enough bandwidth to download it. Every time I try to download it, it would say five days and four days and then it stopped and start over. So we'd never even seen the show and long story short, they picked us and we're like, okay, well we'll try. And at the end of two months, they're going to be disappointed because it ain't going to happen, but we'll do our best. You know, we, yeah. I said, if anything else, it's going to be fun for the family. Now, um, you know, contractually you can't disclose all the details, but they did, they, um, they don't, you don't, you don't do it for money. I mean, if you did the reality shows, like some of those bigger ones, um, if some of those bigger ones, they do get paid per episode, you know, up to like, for my understanding, like $25,000 an episode. But for this situation, they call it just a talent fee. And it's kind of like a, it's a like a contest. reimbursement, but it, okay. yeah, it's not, it's not even double digits. So it was, yeah, not even double digits for instance. And we looked at it like this. Okay. Well, our 
our solar system is going to cost us 12 grand and we could put it towards that, you know? And I said, we're going to do it anyway. So what does it hurt having a little help with it? Sure. And that was really, that was it. I mean, but had I known, had I been a veteran TV personality person and known all of the ins and outs and tricks, like there was another couple that was filming the same time we were in Georgia so the film crew would come here and film us building, and then they'd hop down to Georgia and film them. They had done it like a tiny house build with the same production company before. Uh-huh. And she, the woman, also works for Toyota. So she, like, called in people and got, they got a construction crew donated. They got a hot tub. They got all their stuff sponsored or donated. I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah. You know, I didn't have a <laughs> I was clueless. But I do remember when the film crew came here. They're like, wait, so you're building your own home? I said, yeah, yeah. that's what I, I thought you guys contacted for us for. They're like, oh, that's refreshing. I said, what are you talking about? They're like, well, we've never filmed a house, an off-grid home where people were going to live there. And I said, oh, well, what do you guys do? They're like, oh, you know, rich people, they want to be on TV or something or get a little hunting cabin out in the woods and they build it really fancy and then we film it and then, and again, I'm so thankful we never saw an ep- we The first time we ever saw an episode was the night the show aired. We had to go rent a hotel so we could watch it because we didn't have cable. <laughs> and <laughs> you would think they would have sent us a DVD or something. But, so we went to a hotel and we saw the other episodes. And let me tell you, Jay, Mortified. I was floored. I was so... Yeah, because these other homes, you know, granite countertops and microwaves and hot tubs. I'm like, how the heck can they do this off grid? How yeah. can they, you know, how, how? Well, and you... then I felt very embarrassed. I'm like, oh my gosh, people are going to laugh at our little, but it was, it, it was very, my husband said after this, he goes, Amber, anybody can have deep pockets. Anybody can get construction crews. We can relate to the average Joe because we didn't have a construction crew. We didn't even have like really power tools. We tried to rent uh heavy machinery. It was not even that big of it. It's one that you just push that to uh, dig the ditch yeah. for our earth tube. And we couldn't get it up our mountain because our mountain was so steep. So we had to take it back to the rental company. So we had to dig every hole by hand. And, um, you know, I said the way that we did it shows other people that you don't have to have, hundreds of thousands of dollars or not even a hundred thousand dollars to do this. If you are willing to give up certain conveniences in your life and understand you'll be okay without central AC, you won't die. (laughs) You know, you'll be okay without central heat, you know, you will be, and you will survive. And if you learn to enjoy it, you'll thrive. Well, you gave that show uh, gold, gold that sounds like it was lacking. You gave that show authenticity, um, and I love, I love that story. Thank you for telling us. Um, one question: I need to hear this uh, nitty gritty. You're out there. You're on forty-seven acres. You have to build a home in two months. Can you tell us, Amber, where were you living at this time? Did you have a shack, a trailer, a mobile home? What, where were you? Where were you and your family living? We had that little shack. Yeah, we had that little cabin. That, it was a cabin that had been abandoned in like um, I want to say 2004, and it didn't have any running water or anything. And we had a little ladder that there was a creek that ran behind the cabin. 
And we built a ladder and would climb down in the creek with a five-gallon bucket and bring it up and filter our water. And that's kind of how, you know, I don't know how we did it. I honestly don't. Now you think back, it's all a blur. You're talking about crazy you're talking about a, la- a ladder and a creek and a bucket. It's like I have so many more. <laughs> I, I have so many more questions, but but we'll just leave it at that. I love leaving a little bit of mystery there. Um, so so now we're gonna fast forward, and one of the things I think is amazing about you is is now you've become an author. Um, you, your blog is in depth. The quality of content is incredible. Um, you've parlayed that, you know, that as seen on TV, it sounds like, into uh, a bit of uh, um, publicity for yourself. Uh, is is that where that blog started? Did it get kicked off? Did it get helped by this um, as seen on TV? Uh, w- w- did you were you able to parlay the as seen on TV into this blog presence that you have? I wish, you know, and that's the funny thing. You would think that, oh, TV comes fame and all that. And I, I wish I kind of, I'm actually anticipated um, a lot of jump in traffic, but believe it or not. So I, again, I started writing back in South Carolina. And then when we moved, I ditched that website, started all over because you can't be a coastal homestead in the mountains and started with my homestead life. And I honestly, my traffic to the website went down after the episode. Um, so it's just really weird. I had a lot of people that said, hey, you know, I saw your show, loved it, and asked questions about there's no way you could live there. I saw you didn't have any insulation or tell me about the earth tube because I've never seen that before. And, you know, the types, those types of things, but really not because the book offer happened much like the show offer we were still filming the show so it hadn't even been aired on tv yet and i get an email hey saw your blog wondered if you would be interested in sending us a sample writing for this book blah 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 you know and i actually sent them a sample writing on raising chickens and I got turned down for it. Mm -hmm. And then a little while later, they sent me another one. Hey, we saw that you raised bees too. Would you like to write this book on beekeeping? I'm like, just so happens. Yeah. I were finishing up filming and I'll be available. And they're like, Oh, okay. So anyway, there's a story with that. And then after the bee book, because I worked with that same publisher after that was over, I got another book opportunity, which was, Raising Goats for Beginners, and um, wrote that book. I just finished my third book with them, and it's for chi- – it is actually on chickens. I finally got my you, chicken book. You finally book. got your chicken and book. And so now I finally got my chicken book, yeah, which was great. And I just finished it, and um, I just got another fourth book opportunity from them, and I signed the contract this weekend. So that wow. that was great. But no, uh, the show didn't do nothing for me, really. They didn't allow us to mention the blog or anything. Um, oh. Even though I've seen it, when I finally did watch another episode, we I saw somebody mention their business. I just think I didn't know. You know, I was we were so wrapped up in just hurrying up and building and being new to this environment. I mean, it rained. They had record rainfall when we moved here. The biggest rainfall they've had in almost 100 years. I mean, it was 
almost 58 inches. And then we got our livestock immediately because, of course, I wanted to hit the ground running like an idiot. Um, I wanted everything right then and there. I wanted to hurry up and fast forward my farm, you know, because I knew we only had so much money left over from the sale of our house and Polly's. And it was going to run out quick. And if I didn't work on the infrastructure of our food supply, we were going to run out of money and not have nothing to eat. Yeah. So we had to hurry up and do. And then, you know, in Polly's, when you're by the beach, coyotes, mountain lions, and bears are not your enemy. They don't care (laughs) what you have at your beach house. But when you're in the mountains and you're raising chickens and guineas and all that, you just provided them a buffet. So we've had to learn the hard way. You know, we're not in Kansas anymore. Wow. That's so, um, been tough. Yeah. Wow. Well, <laughs> that's been tough. Let, let me transition back because, the, the again, it, it's a bit personal for me, um, but we're going to try to, like your blog gives people some guideposts and some direction, and I think it's wonderful you've done that, where you didn't have those instructions going in, now you've left those digital breadcrumbs to help the next people. What I find fascinating about your story is it's completely about going, living off the grid, the freedom and sovereignty of kind of uh, managing your own life without the reliance on society, but yet juxtaposed to that, you have this digital life that's that's one that looks like a master marketer this this masterful um um, manipulation of the digital space. Your blog is so clean. It's so well done. There's so much information in there um, from the professional ads to the quality of the content. Um, I'm just curious, can how how did you how did you come up with that? It sound you know it, it sounds like you have a full time job of taking care of your family, and then your alter ego stays up at night instead of sleeping and works on the digital <laughs> life. But but so many people right now are thinking about you know how would they live um, in the next world that we might be seeing whether whether the great awakening happens or the great reset happens. People are you know, contemplating this homestead life or this living off the grid, or at least some sort of way of manipulating the digital space to create community, to create something that that lives on beyond themselves that helps other people. So tell us about this blog that you've created and, and just how you have it so professional when when you're out there chasing chickens and fighting off bears? <laughs> well, I think one of those things is when I, I've always been an entrepreneur. I've never been afraid of failure. And I really hate being told what to do. I, I more than anything else, I hate, I'm very, I'm that class A, you know, very strong personality. And I started having my own business at 16 and I've worked a lot of other jobs, but every time I work for somebody else, I can either do, I'm like, I can do this better. I can do something else, you know, I just, or I get bored or find another opportunity, you know, find a need and fill a need kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, I know with my blog, my need and my desire was to work from home. 
And I used to teach back in South Carolina when I talked to you about, I would talk to people about being eco-friendly and stuff. I used to teach classes at the local community college, and then I did public speaking, and then I did, you know, for women's groups, garden clubs, you name it, I was there, rotary clubs, and I would go and speak. And everybody would always ask, Amber, how do you do this? How do you do that? What about this? What about So I'm like, you know what? I'm, I don't have enough time to repeat myself 100 times a day. I'm going to write it down and put it on a website. And this was about a decade ago. And I said, and then when they ask me, I'll say, hey, I've got what you need. Just go to my website, look it up, and it'll be there. And you can print it off or whatever you want to do with it, but here it is. So that's when, that's how the website developed. And it wasn't until it had been around for a while that I'm like, hey, you can actually make money off of this. And it's not that you're, I don't, I'm not trying to sell anything. I don't sell any courses or anything. Um, now I do sell products that I make, you know, value products that add value to someone's life, like soap, you know, you need soap, yeah. um, cleaners, you know, those types of things, but I'm not constantly pushing digital material down people's throats, but I realize you, know, you get so many people visiting your site and then you get with an ad company and every time someone visits your site, that ad company pays you. And I said, I can, I can, I can do this. You know, we, I can stay at home and work and write about what I know and the things we love that help others. Cause when you're writing a blog, I started out like a personal diary, how blogs were intended, you know, Hey, woke up today, had a cup of coffee, went and milked the goat, you know, yeah. but what they transitioned to is you do share some personal testimonies or, you know, your stories, but your blog is about your readers and what they can get from it and what they can take away from it. So I try to think of the, all the things that I wish I would have known in the beginning or had someone or a mentor or a grandparent that could have told me and think of it that way and then write about it so others can really learn from our mistakes more than anything. Um, and as far as, you know, I wanted to be work from home because I can't, work somewhere else 40 to 60 hours a week and come home and homestead. This is a full-time job. Yes. And, and then now we homeschool our daughter and Timmy, my husband and I have said, repeat, I can't even tell you in the last 10 months, how many times we've said this, we are so thankful for where we are in life right now. I mean, we're not rich by any stretch of the imagination. We don't have, we're not rolling in the butts. We're not any of that stuff. But we're filled and and content with what we have because we have peace of mind where we're at. We have that sense of security that if they did, if we did have, you know, they did decide to control us by turning off our power or our water or, or you know, the truckers went on strike with a food supply or, or whatever the next thing that's going to destroy our world is going to be. I feel not arrogant, but confident and that our quality of life wouldn't change very much, you know? So um, it's really important for me to be able to create an income that would allow us to continue this here. And there, that's, that's why, that's how the blog developed and why it is what it is.
That's amazing. So you've got um, the, the, the contracts uh, to become an author and your book sales, and you do sell your book, uh, at least the beekeeping book I saw um, on your website. You've got the products that you create, and you sell those on your website, and then that's coupled with the ad revenue you get from the traffic. It's like it all kind of works together. There's not one that's more dominant than the other. And as an entrepreneur, you've gone out and you've created those revenue streams. Um, do you ever do you ever sit back and when you take pride in what you've accomplished, you know, uh, do you take the time? I understand that the that the goat pen and the chicken coop, those are all tangible, and you can see them and take pride in that. But how much pride do you take in the digital space that you've created? <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't, it's probably not because I'm my worst enemy. You know, my daughter is my biggest cheerleader, and I was really... I got that book offer and I was kind of upset. I wasn't upset about it. I was upset. I stopped my feet, you know, cause I'm like, well, so-and-so's blog makes more money, but I work harder and they're fake and I'm not, you know, you, you get that. You yeah. get your knickers in a bunch sometimes, you know, you get the want, want. And, um, I've never been one to really shine financially or be in the front of the spotlight. And I'm okay with that, but it does sting a little bit from time to time. And with the books, the books with this company are not your typical writing experience. They give you one flat rate and that is it. You get that first payout when you spend that money, it's gone. All you have left is the fame for writing a book, you know. So um, there's no there's no residual income from that. You don't get um, your royalties or anything with this company, which hurts a little bit because that B book did, has done very well for them. Um, I'm proud of it. You know, and I got this, and I keep saying after each book, Lord, please don't let me be in the financial position that I have to accept them if they come with another offer. And that's very arrogant to say, but at the same time, too, when I get that offer, I have to humble myself going, Amber, you're crazy. Someone's coming to you at your home where you want to be and offering you an opportunity to put food on your table and pig feed in the barn and you're saying that it's not good enough. And and so I really have to have a reality check with myself every now and then. It's like I might not be where my head wants me to be, but I'm right I'm right where I need to be. And if I can work for somebody else and help make them money and still take care of my family while doing it, then that's that's a great opportunity and I need to I just I need to give myself a reality check sometimes, you know. Um, yeah, no. It, but, but I do. When I just did that recently, <laughs> I was I had that recently, just this weekend. Going, oh my gosh, I've got to say yes again. And then I'm like, it's not that I, it's I get to say yes. That's how I need to look at yeah. it. Not that I've got to say yes. There you go. I get to say yes. Yeah, it's just amazing to me the way this story all intertwines and, you know, the way life, the universe, and everything um, gives you opportunities, but you have to walk through the door. Um, and yet, and yet there's always, uh, I always talk about life being a matter of perspective. We can all fall under that veil of envy, you know, as we see things that, that we think are unjust or unfair, um, but it's it all comes down to us as 
people and what we are doing. You can't look at others and and compare. You know, there's always a comparison. Oh yeah, right. And yeah. So it, oh yeah, because there's someone that I'm talking to that's huge, and we've become real good friends. I mean, huge. Her own TV show, amazing books, gorgeous. She's gorgeous. I mean, drop dead gorgeous, and. She's definitely one that I've been jealous of, and she'll complain to me about how she's not enough and comparing herself to someone else. I'm exactly. like, wow. Exactly. Wow. You know? So, yeah, we all, you're absolutely right. We all fall into that. All right. Well, I thank you so much for the discussion. Um, I don't know if you want to if you want to go in and talk uh, politics or just leave it at this. Um, I just wanted to get to know you a little bit better, share you with my listeners, because, again, it's so funny um, how much the conservative hippie and that concept, how much it comes out in the things and the decisions you've made. And it really boils down to personal freedom and the guts to go out there and follow um, just the writing that's on the wall from the universe. Life, the universe, and everything is, if you believe in it, it will provide, but you have to walk through the door. You have to build that chicken coop. You have to go down the ladder in the shack to get the bucket of water to clean yourself. You have to build that home. <laughs> you have to write that book. You know, it, 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 doesn't yeah. just, it doesn't just come without effort, and it really takes an entrepreneurial uh, spirit, and I respect you so much as an entrepreneur, um, and it may and tickles me a little bit that you consider yourself first and foremost an entrepreneur, and it shows in all of the um, activism that you've had in life and community leadership. Um, do you, do you have any uh, do you have any advice for people that maybe you know uh, they see you and they envy you and and they want to have a little bit of that life? Um, I realize they can go to your blog and once again it's in the show notes. But in as far as that discipline and mental attitude, do you have any advice for people that maybe haven't taken those steps yet? Well, you know, one of the things that we desire here is eventually to create more of an, a revenue and to monetize our homestead is to ba- build little off-grid cabins where people can come and experience this life. Because so many of the people go, I could never do that. I could never. Well, sure you could. Anybody can. You've got to want to, first of all, and you've got to be willing to let go of the things you think you need to live. You know, and that's where it's like people are so we're so programmed. I couldn't live without that. I could never live that way. And we've said it ourselves. I mean, I remember many days saying I could never live without AC and my husband saying I could never live anywhere where I couldn't have a grocery store without within with being further than 15 minutes away. Because where we lived, we had five major grocery stores within 10 minutes. And here it to leave the house and go get a loaf of bread and come back is an hour trip. Wow. And I just think if people could learn to let go of some of those I have to have, right? Because our, our happiness is not into the things that we own. And that's what's wrong. You know, this bigger boat, this bigger car, that better job, the skinnier wife, the 
you know, whatever is going to make you happy, then you get it and you're still not happy and people don't understand why. Your happiness is not in the things that you own. If you can let that go and realize that you can have more with less, that's really freeing. Because, too, all those things, I mean, they just clutter the earth and your life and your mind, really. And if you could just let that go and get back to the basics and connect with nature, just even for a little bit and see what it's like, I think a lot more people could do this lifestyle than what they're claimed to be, you know? Yes. Thank you, Amber. Thank you for coming on the show. Uh, really appreciate you sharing yourself uh, with my audience and, and with everyone. Um, once again, Amber can be found at uh, myhomesteadlife.com, on Twitter, My Mountain Home, on Instagram, My Homestead Life. I, I just think it's so ironic that somebody that is so um, adept and skillful at living off the grid is also so adept and skillful at the digital space and um, creating rev <laughs> creating revenue streams from from their own creations. And I think that has a, it's more of a testament and a testimony uh, to you, Amber, to you as a person, uh, more so than any luck or um, uh, that email that comes a year later that they didn't ask for. Um, you still had to answer the email. You still had to do all the things that you did. Um, and it's a testimony to you. Um, so thank you again for, for being on the Conservative Hippie Podcast. Jay, thank you so much for having me and giving me the opportunity to share our story. It's, I mean, it, it makes me laugh. It tickles me. And I just love the fact that others are interested in it. You know, I mean, I knew it was our passion, our journey. But the fact that others may want to pursue this or just even learn about what we're doing it's um, very humbling, and it's just it's an awesome experience. I appreciate it. All right. You have a great day in the Smoky Mountains. Let's be friends. We're all on this cosmic spaceship together. Subscribe and share the Conservative Hippie Podcast. Visit our sponsors, SmokeAndJays.com. Everything for your smoke and lifestyle. StonerHoroscopes.com. Adora Zen dishes cosmic vibes for the stoner at heart. KickFromTheSpot.com. Soccer is American.